Hello, good morning, welcome to another episode of The Daily. This episode finds you on the 30th of March, Tuesday. I trust that you are well. We are on day two of our series of podcasts, daily episodes leading up to Resurrection Sunday uh, this Sunday. And so all of these podcasts are designed to help frame our heart and mind even as we contemplate and consider the wondrous, uh, splendorful, <laughs> if you will, work of Jesus on the cross and his uh, defeat of death, hell and the grave. But it's also for us to just center our hearts and minds on the word of God, the beauty of his word, even as there are many things around us that seek to pull our attention uh, away and seek to form our thoughts and opinions. As believers, as Christians, we have the word of God to center our minds, our bodies, our souls on what is truth. So this morning, as we lean into scripture, allow for the word of God that is brought to life through the spirit of God to infuse fresh life, fresh wisdom, even as you navigate through all that you have in your day today. And with that being said, let us begin the podcast. If I were to ask you this morning, who was the evilest person that has ever lived? In all of human history, in all of the atrocities we've seen mankind capable of committing, who is the most evil person you can think of? For some of us, it might be Hitler, Nazi Germany, it might be Pol Pot, it might be Stalin, uh, it might be you know someone like Saddam Hussein. But I would dare say none of us would think of Jesus Christ as the most evil man, as the evilest man that has ever lived in human history. Now, that is a thought that is uncomfortable for many of us to even consider. How can we associate Jesus with the word evil? That association just seems jarring and alarming. But do not turn off the podcast. Put down your heresy flags for just a second. Most theologians would land on this uncomfortable yet profound truth is that Jesus on the cross didn't just die for our sins. He died as us. The Bible tells us that Jesus literally took on our sin. All of our transgressions, our wrongdoings, our evil, and the penalty that was rightly due to us because of this evil. He took all of the sins, the collective sins of humanity, past, present, and future, and he took on our sins and he took on our penalty, paying the price. And so for a brief moment in the life of Jesus, he who lived a spotless and blameless life, in, for a brief moment of his life on the cross, he was the most evil man in human history. Not because of his own wrongdoing, but because he took on all of our sins all the penalty that was rightly due to us, he took it all on the cross. And so even as we consider and contemplate the wondrous works of Jesus on the cross, let us be reminded this morning that Jesus didn't just die for us, he died as us, as a penal substitutionary atonement for our sins. And one of the remarkable stories that we read in the Gospels of that account of Jesus' death on the cross was this interaction he had with 
two thieves that were nailed next to him. And this is where we get this second word of salvation. The story goes, uh, there were two thieves nailed next to Jesus. Jesus wasn't just crucified alone. He was crucified in between two thieves who were suffering uh, next to him. And it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? That Jesus uh, suffers alongside men. And I know these men were deserving of their suffering, but isn't that a picture worth contemplating that Jesus is not far off and away from our suffering. In many ways, today, he suffers alongside us, alongside his beloved, alongside the sons and daughters of the Father. He suffers with us. He is not far off or far removed from our pain. In many ways, he is right in the middle of it. And there were two thieves next to Jesus on the cross. The Bible tells us that the thief on his right would mock and hold abuse at Jesus even as he hung there dying and he would mock him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the Bible notes that the thief on the right of Jesus responded in a remarkable way. He would rebuke the other thief by saying, we indeed are suffering justly. For we are receiving what we deserve for our crimes. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he goes on to make this uh, remarkable request of Jesus. He says this to Jesus as he hung on the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And here is a thief who was on the cross, who was paying the penalty for his crime. And in the midst of this crucifixion, he comes to this revelation that the man crucified next to him wasn't just a mere man, a mere criminal, but he indeed was the son of God. And even as he concludes of his own wrongdoing, he makes his request of Jesus. Jesus, would you just remember me when you come into your kingdom. See, often when we read this story, we almost disconnect from this thief on the cross. But in many ways, this thief on the cross who makes this request of Jesus is a representative sinner. He represents all of us. This repenting thief who was guilty of a crime, who was deserving of punishment, but yet finds salvation in Christ our Lord as he makes this humble plea, we are this sinner. We are the thief nailed on the cross next to Jesus. And we read on further Jesus' reply to the thief's request. And this reply is utterly astounding and in many ways scandalous. Jesus says to this thief, we read in Luke 23 verse 43, he says, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Notice that the thief's request was simply that Jesus would remember him when he entered into his kingdom. But Jesus completely astounds this thief and goes above and beyond his expectation. He says, you will be with me today in paradise. Now that's startling to think, right? This thief who perhaps had committed a life of crime. He was taking on the death penalty for the crimes that he committed. 
This thief who had done nothing for Jesus, this thief who hadn't even uh, studied theology, doctrine, uh, gone to church faithfully, served or gave, this thief who was guilty of crime in his final moments, with his final words, he asks of Jesus, remember me. And Jesus grants him access into his kingdom, salvation. This is utterly scandalous, but this is the good news of the gospel, that we are not saved by our own merits, but we are saved purely by the grace of God, the work of the cross that has been freely paid for and given to us, so long as we, like the thief, call upon the name of Jesus. See, on Good Friday, we think about one thing, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is the epicenter of the Christian faith. It is at the core of Christianity. The cross is so many things. It's the it's the pinnacle of God's self-disclosure. God was revealed through the cross. His loving kindness, His forgiveness, His grace, His heart toward humanity. It's the pinnacle of God's self-disclosure. It's divine solidarity with all of human suffering. It's the shaming of the principalities and powers. It is the death by which Christ conquers death. It is the supreme demonstration of the love of God. It is the enduring model of co-suffering love we are called to follow. And it is also the eternal moment in which the sin of the world is forgiven. It is where salvation happens. And salvation does not happen as a result of us living a good, faithful life. Salvation has happened on the cross. And we are grafted into God's kingdom purely by God's grace. And I know what you might be thinking even in this moment. What about this? What about that? What about if we do this? Can we lose our salvation? All these kinds of uh, legitimate questions that we have to wrestle, grapple with, and gain understanding on. But just for today, let's take a moment. Let's take this morning to celebrate our salvation in Christ, in God, because of His work for us that is really truly not by our own merits that we are saved but we like the repentant thief who has come to the feet of jesus now are grafted into his kingdom because of his grace this is the good news of the gospel this is cause for rejoicing let me close off with reading over you today a passage of scripture from romans chapter 3 it says this in god's word but now god has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. 
for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. This is the word of the Lord and the glorious news of the gospel. It's the reason why we sing, why we worship, why we celebrate. We have been made right with God, not through our own righteous deeds, but by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So for this morning, even as we close off this podcast, I'd like to invite all of you listening to just take a moment to even posture yourselves just like that repentant thief on the cross, to lean into Jesus this morning with a heart of repentance, to come to Him in full knowledge of knowing where you have messed up, where you have sinned, where you have transgressed, where you have gone uh, a way that's wayward, that's different from His intended path for you. And to take a moment this morning to come to Him in humble, sincere repentance. You come to Him this morning and confess of your sin, where you've fallen short. And the good news of the Gospel is this, that when we call upon the name of Jesus, we are truly saved. When we come to Him in humble repentance, He pours out His grace, His kindness toward us, such that we may be whole and set free. So this is the invitation of the gospel, my friends. Let us come to Jesus and respond to his invitation. I invite you right now, even as we create some space in this podcast, to confess of your sins to God and allow for his grace and kindness to meet you. Let's take a few moments to do so. Amen. Let me close off in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for the work of Calvary. God, we thank you for this wonderful news that is the gospel, that we are saved not through our own merits, but through your work on the cross. Help us today to come to you in repentance, in humility, so that we may truly be saved. We thank you for your work, your grace, and your kindness in our lives. Help us to be reminded daily of this wonderful news and never lose sight of it. We ask for your presence to be with us even as we go about our day. Grant us peace, lead us, we pray. In your name, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Daily. We have a few more coming up. I look forward to you tuning in again. Grace and peace.